Hi listeners, my name is Michael Temprano. The topic of today's podcast is the need for peace. Welcome to this free space of discussion and analytical thought regarding our current world and our efforts to establish balance. Your inspiration is my hope. What is peace? A serene sentiment we find ourselves longing for in our daily endeavors. With peace, the balance of life is set into place. With peace, ordinary actions transcend into poetry and motion. With peace, the thirst for division is quenched. And with peace, the fusion of love and unity paves its path to the heart. You may be asking, what results from the absence of peace? What transpires when enmity conquers harmony? How can we inspire peace in our world and in our country? The most prominent examples of lack of peace can be observed in politics. As many of you have likely seen, in the United States of America, there has been a distinct clash between Democrats and Republicans, manifesting itself in the land of the free. The land of free minds, where persecution of opinion is highly unfavored and where the agree-to-disagree approach to controversy should see itself as effective. And yet, we have had a front row seat to a ruthless fighting match between two political groups of two differing mentalities and two differing agendas. In the absence of political harmony, threats to national infrastructure have reached fruition and impediments have been placed on initiatives to revitalize peace and deter dysfunction. How do we scale our way out of this trench and how do we set ourselves back on our feet amidst aftershocks of trauma and disagreement? We can start by recognizing our differences, understanding that we do not all have to be alike to work towards a common goal together. We can finish by replacing ruthless opposition with charitable attentiveness, discouraging words with kind messages, unwarranted hatred with merited love, and vengeful hindsight with hopeful foresight of a better future for everyone. Notable civil rights activist Mahatma Gandhi embodied the noble pursuit of success through fellowship and peace through diplomacy. Amidst incessant opposition, Gandhi intellectually responded with the remark, an eye for an eye only ends up making the whole world blind. Many have heard these words, but few have genuinely applied them to their lives. Today, systemic injustice and systemic inequality continue to perpetuate a vicious cycle within America. So, how can we reply in a manner that motivates peace? We must recall that fire cannot be fought with fire. Violence cannot be resolved with more violence. Hatred cannot turn to love when driven by hostility. And our world cannot see the change that needs to be made if it is blind. Our eyes see and process the trouble and despair around us. It does no good if our vision is obstructed by clouds of vengeance. Martin Luther King Jr. gazed upon the fires of inequality, and instead of running, he marched through them to prove that the burns can indeed be healed by resilience. I am sure many of you have viewed the dysfunction in our nation and thought, where do we go from here and how? Such a question is brought along by sentiments of doubt that lead us to believe our ideal destination is not within reach and our hopeful depiction of an equal and truly liberated society is unattainable. This is surely true if we relinquish our will to inspire peace, our drive to deplete the powers of opposition, 
and our vision of a better country and a better world. However, as long as such hope remains, no matter how difficult and divided our environment becomes, peace is not far. Which brings me to a few important questions. I would like to introduce Alicia Weber, instructor of AP US Government and Politics, Modern World History and Humanities at Valley Christian High School in Dublin, California. Hello, Michael, and hello, listeners. It's my honor to join you all today. Mrs. Weber, as we observe and study history, what examples are there of the diplomatic approach to adversity being effective? For starters, I think it'd be good to define what we mean by diplomatic approach. So for me, when I think of the word diplomatic, I think of making space for the other in a way that honors both sides. And the most honoring way to do this that I've seen in history is through compromise. So some examples that come to my mind, um, well, the first one that comes to my mind would be President Lincoln's cabinet in 1861. He made a very radical decision to include three of his former Republican Party rivals in some very key positions of his cabinet. And in doing so, Lincoln was building a coalition which involved different opinions than his because for him it was more important to include those different perspectives than it was for him to be right or to be perceived as right or for him to be unchecked or for him to enjoy that feeling of being in an echo chamber where everyone agrees with you. Uh, So for him, a coalition with diverse perspectives was more important, and that proved to be um, a really key strategy moving forward in a a very tense time in our nation's history, obviously. And then more globally, I can think of two examples of of very diplomatic approaches um, to adversity and to problem solving. In the Netherlands, the Dutch enjoy a political culture that's very much based upon compromise. It's known as the Polder model. So historically, um, back in Dutch countryside, the dwellers of those lands had to cooperate with one another, even across different social classes. And they had to cooperate with each other because they needed to share the costs of maintaining the windmills and the dikes and all the system that was needed to protect this uh, countryside from floods. And so by working together and collaborating, they created dry farmland that is called polders, hence the polder model. It's this idea of compromising. Understanding this, how can empathy inspire peace? So if you have empathy for someone, no matter how different that person is from you, and no matter how much you disagree with them, if you have empathy for them, it becomes very difficult to want anything besides peace for that person. Life is characterized by mountains, plateaus, and valleys. If we peaceably approach the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, while understanding that our communication of diplomacy and positivity is transmissible, then we will all begin to make progressive steps together into a better future for everyone. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.